0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Talk with the Doc, the show where we bring your questions to Providence Medical Experts for insight and information. I'm your host, Mary Ernoff, and here with me today is Dr. Nelman Lowe with Providence. And today we're answering your questions about tinnitus. We are on location here in Torrance, so you may hear patients coming and going. You might hear some doors open and closing, but we are here and we are ready to answer your questions. So remember, everyone, all of our questions come from you, our listeners, on social media. We can be found on Twitter under Providence and under Providence Health System on Instagram and Facebook. Use the hashtag TalkWithADoc for a chance to hear your questions on our episodes. Before we start, I want our listeners to know that the information provided during this program is for educational purposes only. Always consult a healthcare provider if you have any questions regarding a medical condition or treatment. So let's get started today by welcoming our expert, Dr. Lowe. Thank you. Ah, well, let's start with the easy one. Tell us a little bit about your role here.
1: Uh, I'm an otolaryngologist, that's an ear, nose, and throat physician here in Torrance, California for Providence Medical Group. We handle a variety of conditions related to the ears, the nasal passages, and throat problems, as well as head and neck cancer problems.
0: All right. Okay. So you're the kind of guy I should see then for my um, ongoing vertigo?
1: Sometimes. All right. (laughs)
0: Okay. Well, you and I will talk after the show then. (laughs) But today, we're here to talk about tinnitus, which I have been calling tinnitus, but you said it can be either. Mm -hmm. So let's start uh, by describing what is it.
1: Well, the definition of tinnitus is the perception of sound, either ringing, hissing, buzzing, or roaring in the absence of an external sound source. This can be continuous, it could be intermittent, steady, pulsing. Or can be anything from a soft buzz to a loud roar. Mm. This can be very annoying, but it's usually not a serious problem. It can cause people distress, annoyance, disruption of sleep, anxiety, depression, and can be a source of aggravation that reduces a person's productivity. The sound can fluctuate in severity. And it's just overall kind of irritating. It's annoying. I, it I can imagine
0: that would be annoying, especially yeah. when you're talking about that it could come, it could go, it could be constant, it could be light, it could be... And, and does that mean that it can vary too? Like maybe in the morning I have it and it's it's very light, but in the evening I have it and it's very loud?
1: Yes, it can vary quite a bit. Oh. We find it more commonly in men than in women. Okay. In people that have what they call a high BMI, which means they're a little bit on the oh, obese side. Okay. Uh, persons who have high blood pressure, diabetes, a high fat intake, and it's usually accompanied by hearing loss. Okay. Uh, when we see people, it, it's more often in people who are older, anybody who's had a history of head injuries, or more commonly if somebody's had a history of loud noise exposure. Oh, okay. It really becomes an issue of quality of life for these people because it can cause insomnia, poor understanding of speech, anxiety, depression, and impaired concentration.
0: So really, I it, it's like, it would be like if I heard a ringing in my ear but the ringing isn't actually happening, it's only inside my head, and I might not be able to hear other things because of that? That's correct. Oh my goodness. It's irritating. How common is this?
1: Well, it actually is very common in the United States. There are about 50 million people.
0: Oh, holy cow, that's a big number. It is.
1: Um, the average has been calculated to be anywhere from 16 to 20% of the population. And in people over 60, it could be over
0: 30%. And hmm. is it like, you You mentioned older people or people with illnesses or comorbidities or whatever, but like, it, does it last the rest of your life? Is it treatable?
1: It, it is treatable. Um There are ways to mask the symptoms, so it's not quite so aggravating. The most common cause is the loud noise exposure. Okay. Yeah. It can be from anything from wax to brain tumors. So there's a wide range of things that can cause it, but by far loud noise exposure is the largest attributable cause much over 90% of the cases.
0: So we would, we would want to protect our hearing then. So that, like if we're going to do something, important. we should have earplugs or earphones or...
1: That's probably the most important thing. Okay.
0: We also see it in people
1: who've had traumatic brain injuries, people who've had concussions at any point in life. And some of the people who've had concussions have ringing in the ears without any hearing loss necessarily. Ah. We also see it in people who do drugs, unfortunately recreationally as well as medically prescribed drugs. Um, We see it in people who have ototoxic drugs. That's a fancy name for drugs that affect the ear function and the most common ones that we see are aspirin, a group of antibiotics called aminoglycosides which are things like genomycin and amikacin which fortunately are only used typically in the hospital and most of the doctors who use these drugs are well aware of the potential for causing tinnitus and hearing
0: problems. So it's a side effect.
1: It is a side effect, yes.
0: Oh. So you have to kind of outweigh the pros and cons then of using it.
1: That's correct. We also see it in many of the chemotherapy agents. So the cancer drugs like cisplatinum also can cause this condition. The condition itself is thought to be caused by damage to the hairs. There's tiny little hairs in the inner ear and if they're damaged it can trigger these aberrant sounds it can also be triggered by aging damage from loud noise so that's why we see it more common in people who are in construction
2: mm-hmm.
1: people use a lot of chainsaws or in the military people who are around guns and explosions
0: oh airplanes probably i would think air force people maybe yeah mm-hmm. air
1: force anybody who works around airplanes um are also patients who get it because of stiffening of the bones in the inner ear. You get that from otosclerosis, which is a condition where the stapes, the smallest of the middle ear bones, gets stuck.
0: It gets stuck?
1: Well, it gets hardened. Oh, okay. And so as a result, it doesn't move well and can cause problems with hearing as well as tinnitus. Uh, And in addition, there are conditions of uh, muscle problems, Nerve problems and vascular problems that can also cause these kind of symptoms
0: All of these things sound like environmental or things that we're doing to ourselves are is it it ever hereditary or genetic? It is. Oh, it is.
1: But it's rare. And there's only been a few cases reported Um, it's currently being researched. There is a current research study that's being done on twins and, uh It's still in progress, so we don't really know the results of that yet. That sounds interesting. The propensity towards hearing loss, however, is something that you can inherit. And it's the hearing loss that predisposes a person to the ringing.
0: So you typically would lose the hearing before the ringing would start?
1: Typically, yes. Oh,
0: okay. Is it substantial enough that you notice the hearing loss? or does it vary greatly it varies yeah yeah some
1: of them patients do notice the hearing loss but not always
0: wow so i can do it to myself (laughs) i can potentially inherit it but it's but it's pretty minimal but you talked a little bit about ringing uh buzzing all these things can anybody else hear that or is it just me typically
1: only you okay it's perceptible only to the patient usually it doesn't pulsate. Most of the patients have it in both ears.
0: Oh, really? So it's not a one ear thing. Not usually. And it could be.
1: It can be, but usually not. It can be constant and it can last for many months. Ugh. There are some people who have a type of objective tinnitus that's perceptible by the examiner. But this is a very small percentage. And those are usually caused by mechanical problems within the ear. Something like the vascular system muscles mm-hmm. or the temporal mandibular joints and make a clicking sound
0: uh, that and that's the jaw that's right? the jaw. Sure. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay oh interesting okay so just so I'm following though so you can sometimes you as the the physician can actually perceive it but do you have to do a bunch of tests in order to determine it occasionally and okay. it's rare
1: um, there are special stethoscopes that you can put into the person's ear so that you can hear what they're hearing but um, oh that's it's cool. very unusual that you okay. can actually hear it. So
0: normally you're you're making then the diagnosis off of the the symptoms that the patient is sharing with you. Correct. The okay. patient's making the diagnosis right, for you. Right, right. Yeah. Is that is that I mean it's I mean everybody web and googles, right? Google ask Dr Google. So do they come to you and tell you that's what they have? Many times. <laughs> okay. Um well, so you said that sometimes the hearing, well most of the time the hearing loss actually precedes the tini- t- tinnitus. <laughs> but will it actually cause more hearing loss over time by having it?
1: The answer to that is probably not.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: yeah. Your perception may increase with time, but the tinnitus itself does not damage the hearing.
0: Okay. So is it mostly just the aggravation and maybe the loss of sleep or the anxiety? Is that really what the worst medical piece of it is?
1: The worst part is your reaction to it. Okay. Not the tinnitus itself. Okay.
0: So you talked about construction workers. We talked about people who work around airplanes. Um, but I feel like we're hearing a lot more about this specific condition for music artists. So Chris Martin of Coldplay and Trent Reznor of Nine Inch Nails, Will I Am, even. Um, <laughs> there's all the old school guys too Bob Dylan, Neil Young. They're all talking about it. And it, clearly it's got to be because what they do for a living with music. Do you get a lot of musicians with this? And, and what do you tell them?
1: We do see a lot of musicians and it's probably because tinnitus increases with noise exposure and drugs. And, mm. and sometimes some of them do both. Not
0: that we're saying musicians <laughs> do drugs, but.
1: Yeah, the louder the noise exposure, the more likely a person is to get tinnitus. In fact, uh, in some surveys, Musicians have had as much as 90% of them having tinnitus. Oh, wow. And it's mostly in the drummers and those with amplified guitars. Mm-hmm. So typically it comes along with the sensory neural hearing loss, and uh, unfortunately it's a side effect of that.
0: Yeah. So what do you tell them?
1: Well, usually it's an issue of trying to get them to accept the tinnitus, understanding that this is a normal reaction. And teaching people how to deal with it
0: because it's not really going away right
1: typically not no but you can get a person to accept it and to deal with it without it causing undue aggravation
0: so then do you do you tell these music artists or these others to educate other music artists like hey let's let's take advantage of the fact that you've got it and prepare other people so they don't yes and and it's very
1: common now for the musicians to come in asking for earplugs they call them musicians Mm earplugs where they actually decrease the volume of Mm -hmm. the sound that they're hearing but they still can hear the music
0: yeah Yeah. i've i've worked with a lot of music artists over my time and i am constantly amazed at how loud they listen to music especially Mm -hmm. when they're recording i mean i can hear it through their headphones from another room away sometimes and i'm just i'm amazed i can't imagine that they can even hear by the time they're in their 80s (laughs)
1: Unfortunately, a lot of the professional musicians don't realize how bad their hearing is. Yeah. And some of the guys that work at the concerts who are doing the mixing yes. have very bad hearing loss and don't absolutely. realize how loud they're cranking up the music.
0: It's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. Um, well, talk to me a little bit about this. We got a question in that said, Is it true that taking too much Tylenol over the years can cause tinnitus? I can't say it. <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: um, very low. Uh, the reports are as low as half of 1%.
0: That's that's minimal. Yeah, minimal.
1: Yeah. And it's usually due to people who are on very high doses. Okay. We've seen it in aspirin, Tylenol, and most any of the non-steroidal anti-inflammatories like Aleve or Motrin. So if you stick to the normal doses, the mm-hmm. likelihood of that is very small.
0: Yeah, I had never heard that. But one of the questions we got from a lot of people is there's no cure for this, correct?
1: In a way, that's true. There's no true cure. What you're doing is you're reducing the response to the tinnitus, educating patients about management strategies, counseling them about hearing protection from noise, sound therapy, and how to deal with it without it causing undue anxiety and depression.
0: Interesting. That's really interesting. So I am going to take a quick break, but when we come back, I want to talk to you more about this sound therapy thing you say. That sounds intriguing to me. So we are going to take a quick break. On talk with a doc and today I'm joined by dr. Nelman low and we are talking about tinnitus and for those of you who have it, you probably know how annoying it is um, we are all wondering though how do I know if I have it
1: well this is diagnosed that you that you make yourself if you have ringing in the ears buzzing hissing or a roaring in the absence of any source of sound you have tinnitus
0: Well, that does not sound fun. So if I think I have it, then do I need to go to my primary care physician or do I come to an ear, nose, and throat specialist?
1: Well, initially, you may not need to go to anybody. Um, Typically, you go to a doctor if the tinnitus is so loud that it's bothersome and it's interfering with your ability to communicate, sleep, or it's affecting your mental health in some way, making you anxious or depressed. Particularly should go if you have a sudden hearing loss associated with it.
0: Mm Well, since it's such an annoying thing to have and it can impact our sleep and our mental health, how do we avoid it? How do we prevent it? I think
1: the best thing to do is to avoid the things that cause tinnitus, avoiding exposure to loud noise like gunfire, explosions, any kind of loud construction noise, equipment like um, blasting equipment, (laughs) staying away from loud music.
0: Now, you're not saying we can't go to concerts. You're just saying we should wear earphones or something, right?
1: Something to attenuate the volume, just to decrease it. Wearing any kind of hearing protection when you know you have to be around loud noise. Decreasing the sound levels on your stereo or your iPod or whatever it is that you're Mm -hmm. using. Um, Avoid trucks. (laughs) Maintain good cardiovascular health
0: because you talked about it can be when you're overweight it can be when you're taking drugs okay
1: and avoid anything that might lead to head trauma oh
0: (laughs) well as a what am i at five now i think i'm at five traumatic brain injuries in my life so they keep telling me well you're probably gonna have alzheimer's you're probably gonna have this i mean i already have vertigo so now you're telling me i could be getting this because of that
1: it's possible oh
0: man at least i have your number to call (laughs) well so let's just say i have it what all treatment options do i have
1: there's no universally accepted therapy for managing tinnitus basically if a person comes in and their hearing loss is not severe it may be as little as assuring the patient that this is a benign condition and that you can treat things that come along with it like the hearing loss their mental health if they're really anxious or depressed having trouble sleeping or anything else that may bug them that's not really the tinnitus itself. Mm-hmm. The purpose for the treatment is to modulate the experience to help the person alleviate their reactions to the tinnitus. There is no approved drug therapy.
0: Oh, there isn't, okay.
1: Uh, you can treat their depression and their anxiety. If a person has severe hearing loss, you may have to give them a hearing aid or if it's very severe, there's something called a cochlear implant where they electronically augment the hearing and this may help the tenditus as well.
0: That's pretty cool. Yeah. I've seen those for kids who were born without hearing at all. mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: They've actually approved it for adults with one ear hearing loss as well.
0: Oh, that's amazing.
1: If you're taking drugs, we want you to stop them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) For many reasons, but this is one of them. (laughs) If you're very depressed or having trouble sleeping, Um, treatment for that, of course, with the psychiatrist is oriented. And in some cases, behavioral therapy, which is what we call tinnitus retraining, where you have a psychologist work with the patient to retrain the subconscious part of the auditory system. So they accept the sounds associated with the tinnitus as being normal rather than annoying. In some cases, patients are sent for biofeedback and stress reduction and are taught techniques for coping basically distracting skills and relaxation techniques. Yeah.
0: So you mentioned sound therapy earlier. Is <laughs> that what you're talking about now? Cause now it sounds almost like you're, you're convincing people that the sound is normal. That's not really the same thing, is it?
1: No, but sound therapy fits in there. The whole idea here is to lower the person's perceived burden of the symptoms. It doesn't really cure it. You're not actually repairing the underlying causes. You don't actually eliminate the tinnitus signals going to the brain, but you affect the person's attention, their mental response, and cognitive response to the symptoms. If the symptoms persistent, we recommend sound therapy, which is basically broadband noise or background music intended to alter your perception of the ringing. It manages your reaction to the ringing and suppresses your perception. In some ways, it reduces the contrast between the tinnitus and the environmental sounds and can give you a relief from the stress, distracting your attention away from the tinnitus.
0: Where does one get sound therapy?
1: Typically through an audiologist. Okay. Yeah.
0: Okay. Um, well, are there any potential risks for any of these treatments?
1: Not for these in particular, but um, if you go into the internet, there's a variety of treatments being proposed. Some of them are antidepressants, anticonvulsants, anxiolytics, Ooh. injections directly into the inner ear. Oh,
0: no, 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 no. That, <laughs> that cannot be something we actually do. They you know. actually
1: do that. Mm-hmm. And and unf- well, unfortunately, actually, none of these have actually been proven to be useful. None of these treatments have been approved by the FDA. And unfortunately, I think it gives a lot of people false hope. And there's a lot of unnecessary cost involved. There's even a great deal of literature in the lay press about uh, dietary supplements. Mm. People use ginkgo biloba, melatonin, zinc. And again, whereas they're very popular, there's a lack of proof in efficacy, meaning there's no good proof that they're working.
0: But maybe not. Some of them, like you mentioned, melatonin, probably no real inherent danger in taking it, but probably no real benefit either.
1: Correct. And there are some side effects. Sometimes the medications or the dietary supplements can cause gastrointestinal problems, headaches, nausea, vomiting. And in the case of ginkgo, uh, problems with the platelets where the portion of your blood that helps with the blood clotting so if you were to bleed. Mm. They've even proposed using big magnets to give something called transcranial magnetic stimulation to people who are ever ringing and none of those studies have proven to make a big difference.
0: Magnets, huh? Yeah. That's really interesting. But you know, I'm not surprised that people are trying all these things because the way you describe this sounds to me like I would be so desperate to make it stop that I would probably try pretty much anything.
1: I think that's true. People want to get rid of it. And if they can't accept it, they're going to try anything they can to get rid of it. One thing that's been done that is still being studied is acupuncture. We don't have a clear picture on whether this works. And it hasn't been proven to be useful, but there are people who swear by it.
0: Hmm. That's really interesting. It's, it's interesting to me, too, like in this day and age, right? I keep coming back to the desperation thing, but in this day and age where we can pretty much have access to anything we want, it feels like we can treat anything, right? Like they even say <laughs> you really should, most cancers, we can treat them. Like to have something like this that impacts your whole life and you can't treat it has to be incredibly frustrating. Is, is a lot of your job really just trying to help people through it?
1: I think it's getting patients to accept what's going on. Once they realize they don't have a brain tumor, Right, Most of the time, the majority of their symptoms disappear.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. Why, why I think because Mind over matter? Or?
1: It's the fact that they're anxious, not knowing what's causing this. Mm-hmm. Once they realize it's a benign condition, they're not going to die from it. Then all of a sudden, they decide they're not particularly worried about it.
0: It's not that bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that that's kind of the case in everything we have, right? You tell me right. I have a lump. I'm going to be freaked out until you tell me it's not cancer, right? That's
1: correct. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, are there lifestyle changes that your patients have to make just to have kind of to continue living?
1: Well, tinnitus is usually most noticeable when you're in a silent room.
0: Mm-hmm. The
1: quieter the room, the more you notice the tinnitus. So avoiding silence is probably a useful thing. And to avoid really loud noise, because that can trigger your tinnitus.
0: Oh, to make it worse? It can. Okay.
1: So avoiding very loud noise situations, controlling your blood pressure, staying active mentally and physically maintaining your weight controlling your emotional well-being managing stress and avoiding nicotine and alcohol will all be helpful
0: doc i feel like these are things that everybody should do anyway, i know right? i know and the list goes on <laughs> this will I help think you with you know. your your diabetes it'll <laughs> help you with uh, your arthritis
1: they also in, many times will recommend uh, avoiding high salt Oh. avoiding caffeine chocolates refined sugars artificial sweeteners saturated and unsaturated fats and monosodium glutamate
0: dude what's the point of living at this point it's so hard. i can't have chocolate <laughs> i can't have sugar i can't have salt i don't know doc i'm not liking um. you right now <laughs> <laughs>
2: you well, can still have fun we can have a little bit of fun we yeah. just in moderation in moderation
0: right well i guess it also too depends like do I want to eat sugar and chocolate or do I want to have this incessant ringing in my ear? So maybe, right? I don't know.
1: Anything in moderation.
0: Anything in moderation. Well, one of the questions we got said, um, what are the chances that my tinnitus will result in a permanent disability? Do you have any numbers on that?
1: Well, it becomes a disability only if the anxiety and depression get the better of you.
0: Mm
2: It's
1: small. It's small but the US military has done quite a few studies on this and they probably have the most people who are out on disability um, in any given year. There's close to a million servicemen who are out on PTSD.
0: That's crazy. And, and
1: a lot of that is the ringing and maybe it's the ringing that reminds them of what's triggered their PTSD.
0: Absolutely, wow. Well, one of the other questions we got was, um, what are the chances that it will resolve itself?
1: Most do, at least the perception is resolved. You never really get rid of the tinnitus, but many times you get to the point where you accept it. With the exception of sudden hearing loss that's associated with one single loud incidence. So if you're around an explosion, you may have tinnitus uh, for two or three days and it could be gone forever after that. Okay. But if you have repeated trauma to the ears, repeated loud noise exposure, it could go on to be permanent.
0: So once I have it the first time, I should probably try to just maybe give my ears a break for a week or two and and see if it does resolve? A few days. Okay, a few days. And by then you should know. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, Well, you know, one of the questions we had was, are there different kinds of this or different levels of this?
1: There are other kinds of tinnitus. You can get secondary tinnitus, which is tinnitus caused by irritation of the eardrum could be anything simple as wax infections in the middle ear, uh, hardening of the bones in the middle ear problems with the eustachian tube, which is the tube that connects between the ear and the back of the nose or cochlear abnormalities, which is the part of the inner ear that controls your hearing or even things that go wrong with the vestibular nerve going into the brain. In addition, there are other things that can cause it related to your vascular system, your neurologic system, or temporomandibular joint. Whiplash injuries can cause it as well. Oh,
0: Mm. okay. Wow. This is not fun. This is not fun. How do I know when it's time to come see you? How do I know when it's time to go into the doc?
1: When it's so bad that is bothersome and interferes with your daily life. Mm -hmm. When it's affecting your communication skills, it's affecting your sleep, or you're getting very anxious or depressed about it, or if you have hearing loss that's severe with it. It's bothersome. It interferes with your day-to-day life and affects your enjoyment of your day-to-day life.
0: Hmm. So it sounds like prevention is key and probably really good ear protection is key. Do you give recommendations on what kind of ear protection people should look for, like over the ear, in the ear?
1: Everybody's different. If they're really around loud noise, we're asking to use both.
0: Oh, both, doubling up. Yeah. All right. Well, we're pretty much out of time, so I'm gonna give you the one last question, which is if there was one takeaway about tinnitus, what would you want people to know? Is it to come see you? Is it to not let it affect their life too much?
1: Take care of your ears. Stay away from really, really loud noise. Don't get hit in the head.
0: <laughs> don't do drugs. Don't, don't get do hit drugs. in the head. Stay healthy. <laughs> yeah. Good advice. Good <laughs> good advice, Doc. Awesome. Well, thank you, Dr. Lowe, for joining us today and everyone for listening and sending in your questions. We look forward to future topics with more experts from Providence. We can be found on Twitter under Providence and under Providence Health System on Instagram and Facebook. And to learn more about our missions, programs, and services, visit future.psjhealth.org. Thanks for listening. Let's oh, go. Oh, oh, oh.